24 hours a day. Radio Contact. Welcome to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I'm Rob Parks and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devil. Join the show this week as ever we are Paul Whiteside. Right, Paul? Hey, Rob. You okay, mate? How's your week been, mate? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good. Yeah, um, disappointing result on on Friday night against Cass, but, uh, but yeah, I'm doing all right, mate. Doing all right. Okay, also joins on the show, we've got Joe Burns. Right, Joe? Hi Rob, yeah, I'm looking forward, very positive, looking forward to this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be great, your birthday weekend in Catalan? It certainly will be, I'm looking forward to a couple of waters this weekend. Keep hydrated and all that sun, Joe. Yeah, you've got to. <laughs> yeah, I've had, a, I've had a mixed week this week. Um, obviously, you know, trying to get fit, not like you Paul, having that, you know, athletic gene and you're doing your boxing and that. Uh, I've currently lost three stones so far in the last kind of three months, but I tried to do some low impact aerobics on Monday and it ruined me so I'm walking around like an old man not, not, old man now Paul yeah you got to be careful Rob you've got to watch your back and that you're doing, uh, doing too much exercise I thought it was always uh, rehab that you are doing chilling out I didn't think you went for uh, all the exercise I thought you did a bit of swimming and that didn't you well yeah I do a bit of swimming Paul a bit of the gym uh, but I'm trying to up it up a gear at the moment, but I got I got taught a lesson, Joe. You got to make sure that you do things right, don't you? You're uh, you you played a bit of rugby, haven't you? Yeah, I've played a little bit in my time. Yeah, got to always be fit. Well, of course, as you can be to being fit. I've never been peak fitness wise, but I've done a bit. What you made up with fitness? You you had with skill, Joe. That's what I heard. Yeah, of course, always. <laughs> all between years, Rob. That's what it's all. That's what it's all about. So. What have we got on the show this week? We've got the review of the Castleford game, all the big news coming out of South Red Devils this week. Uh, we've got interviews with Ed Chamberlain, Ryan Landon and Lee Mossop. We've got Ian Watson in coach's corner. We've got Paul's amateur report and then we're going to preview the game against Catalan Dragons. But what we'll do first, we'll start off with defeat against Castleford last week. You're listening to Devil in the Detail and this is your big match review. So, Salford Devils were defeated at home, 24 points to 6 against Castleford Tigers, Paul, which condemned us to the uh, the middle eights. Boys played well, but unfortunately, we, we, we weren't able to secure the win. No, uh, it was a much improved performance, Rob, from the, from the Old Kingston Rovers game the week before, the week prior to that. And I think it needed to be, really, what's in, what is the response, because that, that performance up there wasn't acceptable, really. I mean, I know we've got injuries and we're, we're struggling for numbers and the... You know, it was well documented. Uh, well, probably wasn't well documented, but it should have been. You know, all the supporters knew we only had the 17 sort of fit players. We were down to the bare bones. And, you know, Ian Watson's not wanted to moan in the press about injuries and things like like a lot of other clubs do. And I thought we did it. We did it tough against Castleford, didn't we? And uh, 
you know, with, with the size of the squad that we've got, and you know, Casper a decent side. I know they had a few players out as well, but you know, six apiece at half time. I, I thought we, we deserved to be going in level. We just seemed to run out of steam in that second half, and we we didn't really create a lot like troubling Castleford and, and scoring the points, and that's been our downfall all season, really scoring scoring points. So, uh, so yeah, Castleford were the better side on the night, but it was a much improved performance and uh, one that's going to give us there's a bit of light, I think, at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, Ian Watson, Joe talks all about getting in the arm wrestle, and I think we did that for the first half. I think we really gave Castleford a bit of a game, and you know that's a good thing going into the middle eights. We do need to be able to do that week in week out. To hopefully get out of it. Yeah, it was. We were in the arm wrestle again. It was very similar to the Warrington game when we were in the arm wrestle for 50, 60 minutes and we just lacked that bit of go forward and a bit of spark in the arse where other teams push on around us. And if we play like this, like we did on Friday against Catalans and Leeds, it will give us a lot of confidence going into the middle eights where it is all to play for. And there's teams around us and in the championship that we can beat on our day if we all turn up and we're getting our players back. Yeah, Salford's lineup was as follows. Ed Chamberlain at fullback, Del Olfurts, Junior Sow, Josh Jones, Jake Bibbett, Rob Lewitt, Jake Shorrocks, Lamatazzi, Josh Wood, Ben Nakambuai, Ryan Lannan, Tyrone McCarthy and Daniel Murray. Paul, you know, the boys tried hard. I thought Rob Lewitt and Jake Shorrocks, you know, certainly I thought clicked in that first half and, you know, good things, I thought. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jake Shorrocks is... Um... He's improved every week. He, he works really hard, and he, like we've said it a few weeks running now, aren't we? He's, he's only a young kid. He's still learning the game. I'm not too sure how old he's. About 20, 21. So he's still learning the game, and he's been thrown at the deep end, really, hasn't he? You know, playing in Wigan's academy, and then and coming straight into the cut and thrust of Super League. So, and he's in a struggle inside as well. It's not as if he's in the Wigan side. I mean, I've, I've been very impressed with young Josh Woods with an S on the end, who played at, um, not, not to get confused with our own Josh Wood, you know, was at Swinton on dual reg, and he's been playing in that Wigan side there, and, you know, it just shows he's playing in, in that team with the, with those good players around him, whereas Shoddocks is in our side, and it's a struggling side, so, you know, I think he, he stood out in a struggling team as well, and, you know, Robert Louis, he said it's clicked, I'm not so sure it's clicked just yet, because we seem to be struggling, we seem to struggle in that, sort of late in the tackle count, especially on the last tackle, I think, Against Castleford, some of the, the last tackle players I thought were poor. Some of the kicking, you know, the options are poor sometimes. I, I don't think we're, we're asking enough questions of the defence. There's probably a few reasons for that. We, we're lacking the spark, aren't we? We're lacking that creativity. I think we lack a bit of a cutting edge out wide as well in the three quarters, don't we? We've said that all season. So, you know, as attack-wise, our attack's quite blunt. But going back to Friday, I think there was big efforts there from, from a lot of the younger players as well. You know, Jake Bibby, Daniel Murray, Ryan Lannan. Ed Chamberlain as well has come in and, and, and played really well. So I think there's a lot to be positive about. Yeah, I thought Lee Mossett was as well, was very good. Uh, Joe, all the forwards I thought made some big metres uh, and tried the best and that's all that matters to us fans. Yeah, it sure, certainly was on Friday. They, they dug in deep again because we didn't have the... I get once again, due to injuries, we didn't have the strongest bench. So the starting pack, they, they had the work tough, a little niggle. And the same with Mark Flanagan as well, he didn't come back on for the second last 25 minutes of first half. So they dug deep again and Levy and Zongu getting his second opinion. I still don't think he's quite there yet. He's a bit raw, but game time out on loan, we're doing well and do the rest of the team well as well. Yeah, I suppose, Paul, it's all about building confidence uh, going into these uh, middle eights. You know, hopefully we might pick a win up maybe in the last couple of games to give us a you know a jump, uh, hopefully, in the uh, in the business end of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, obviously Catalan's going to be a tough game. It's a tough trip going there and, 
you know, we mentioned last week about the, the upturn in farm Catalan have had. I mean, especially since they played us at the Magic weekend in May. I'm, I'm not sure I've got the stats to hand, but they've done pretty well. I think they lost the game at Huddersfield by a point. Um, was that the league game or the cup game? But I think that's one of the only ones they've lost up to now. So they've competed in all the games. They've won. They beat Leeds home and away. They won away at Wakefield last week. They beat Castleford at, at Catalan. So they're on a really good run. They're on a roll, aren't they? And they're playing some good rugby league as well. So they're going to be tough to beat in their own backyard. We've got Leeds at home the week after. You know, I think that would be a, a good game to target as well. I mean, if we could beat Leeds at home, that could suck them into to the, to the middle eights as well. But you'd be beating the champions there as well. And that would give you a big, a big lift, especially with our record against Leeds. And then we go into the middle eights then and you can pick up a couple of wins early, early doors. Get those points under your belt. Confidence has got to grow, isn't it? And it's another league. It's a mini league. We all start on nil, on, on nil, don't we? And uh, you know, Toronto have, have flown away with their league, but they start on nil, nil points with us, don't they? So you get into that league and start winning matches. Confidence can grow. And I think teams like Toronto and Toulouse, who've been having it quite easy in that league, haven't they? And sort of wiping the floor with every team they play. I think they're going to get a bit of a rude awakening because they're going to be playing against Super League sides, you know, savvy Super League teams as well. Witness, okay, they've been around the block, haven't they? in that top league they've got some wise players there and I don't think Toronto and Toulouse will have it all their own way yeah Joe I think it's about you know, players you know dealing with the pressure of the, the middle eights you know getting into the that process full of confidence is one thing but dealing with the pressure while you're in there that's another yeah it, it is that's a difficult thing that all all eight teams have to deal with we have got like I said uh, last week, we do have a lot of experienced players who have been in the eights before, and some that have played grand finals within, within Mossop, Flanagan, and Josh Jones. So I think we've got a little bit of edge on a lot of the championship sides that were around the same level as us, cause just with experience playing in these knockout games, starting on zero points, like Paul said. I think we do have a good chance because I think it, like Toronto and Halifax and Toulouse, they'll have a big shot when they play the Super League teams it won't be easy as they think it is going off the Super League form Yeah I suppose it's just a matter of you know getting in there confident and you know going to these teams Paul you know there's no easy game is there in these middle eights and we've got to be fully focused and up for the battle Yeah certainly I mean there won't be any Toronto are playing really well as we said Toulouse are playing well we've got London Broncos it's really tight there I think there's Halifax Featherstone and Lee who can all make it so it's four out of that group of six I think it is there so two teams are going to miss out um, and if you look at the fixtures this week, and I think this week has going to have a big bear on it with a couple of those sides playing each other. So, and you probably look at Featherstone and Halifax and say perhaps they're the, the weaker ones um, in, in in the mix at the moment. But the thing is with those, they're dangerous teams because they've not really got anything to lose. Nobody expects Halifax to get promoted to Super League. And I think really, if you was a you know a diehard Featherstone support, you probably wouldn't expect your side to go up either. So, for, for them to win any sort of games in that that middle eights it's going to be there's no pressure on them they're just going in there and I'm sure they're just going to try and knock teams off those games will be like cup finals for them no disrespect to them if you know what I mean so every game's going to be really tough and the way things are looking at the moment you've got Leeds and all Kingston Rovers in there as well who are going to be difficult to beat whenever you play them at home or away you look at Witness I mean I know Witness have had a really tough run but they run okay close at the weekend they've got that, that that 4G pitch there I wouldn't fancy going there in the, in the middle eight. So it's going to be really tough. It's going to be exciting, though. It really is. Yeah, because I suppose that's what you want, Joe. You want excitement, but it's when you're, you know, jeopardy is one thing and it's you don't really want to be hanging over the edge like we're in that million pound game, do we? No, we don't. It was, it's nervous times when you're in that fourth or fourth and fifth spot. 
I think that what we need to do is we need to go out as every game as a new game and not look at teams around us and just get the points in our belts. Like the year we are in the million pound game, London came down to the AJ and turned us over and we we can't afford that this year because they are better size than what was in the eights that year. So take, we need to take every game as it comes and create the AJ Bell as a fortress as it once was for the past couple of seasons and make teams scared to come and scared to play us, not just think, oh, they're going to put 40, 50 points past us, which has happened a couple of times this year for the first time in a while. Yeah, I think, Joe, I think it's about culture, isn't it, really? And Watson talks a lot about building a culture. And obviously this year we've, we've fell off the wagon a bit, haven't we, without conceded a couple of 50-pointers. Um, you think it's going to be hard to get back to where we were in that in that top eight finish, isn't it, really? Getting back to that, you know, confidence level. Yeah, yeah, I think it will. I think we say it time and time again this season, but I think Dobson is the main reason for that. I know we've lost Murdoch Masilla and Gareth O'Brien, they were our strike players, but the way Dobson led us around the field was a lot of unnoticed work. He did a lot of the unnoticed work. Didn't always touch a ball, but he led us around. And I do think that's what we're missing, confidence-wise as well, because Louis is an off-the-cuff player. And Shovick's, as Robert Louis said in his interview this week, that he wants Shorrocks to do the lead. And I, and I personally don't think that's not Shorrocks' game plan. I think he's very similar to Louis. So we have, we have got that now. So hopefully that will spur us on with a bit more confidence bringing a quality player in. Yeah, we can't keep crying over spilt milk, Paul, can we? You know, we've got to move forward with what we've got and hopefully we'll have enough to get out of it. Oh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, it's not a time to complain now, Rob. I mean, if you, can, if you start complaining and moaning about stuff now, you're going to get left behind and wind up getting relegated. So you've really got to be switched on in that super... Sorry, middle-eights. Teams aren't going to feel sorry for you because you've got injuries. You know, they're going to come and try and, uh, and try and turn you over. It's a, it's a brutal game, rugby league, and it's an unforgiving game as well. And, you know, teams aren't, aren't going to be bothered one iota. They're going to come and, and try and give it to us, aren't they? And, you know, Toronto have got their own ambitions, aren't they, getting to Super League. I'm sure Toulouse have as well. And then the four teams that drop out of the Super League into the middle eights, they're all going to want to retain the state. So you've got Leeds, OKR, possibly Widmus and ourselves all gunning for it, and those those four championships as teams as well. So it's going to be it's going to be really cut and thrust. And uh, you know, like like you say, we we've got to be switched on, and we we've got to attack them. Especially like Joe says, those home games, whether it's three or it's looking like it's just going to be three home games. There's six points in the bag straight away. You can't afford to lose a home game because uh, you know the, the away games are going to be really tough. So. I mean, last time I think when we played the uh, hooker in the million pound game, I think we got six points, didn't we? That was three. Yeah. That was three wins that got us in the million pound game. I think you know to get in that top three, you're going to maybe need five wins, ten points out of the uh, out of the seven games. So it's not going to be easy. And like you guys are saying, it's going to be ner- going to be really nerve wracking. Yeah. So obviously, let's look back at the Castleford game. Uh, we spoke to Ed Chamberlain, Ryan Lannan, and Lee Mossop after the game, and this is what they had to say. Right, I'd like to say Ed Chamberlain joins me, new signing. I've not spoke to you before for our Devil in Detail podcast, but how are you finding things at Salford? You settling in now? Yeah, it's good. All the boys are helping me, you know, been really welcoming. You're our number one goal kicker now as well. You <laughs> didn't do bad with the boot last week at Ulcare, and the same again today, kick one off the touchline. Is that something you, you did at Witness quite a lot, kicking the goals? Um, not necessarily. I've, at training, you know, I'd, I'd always, I'd always try and get a few in at training, but we had some good kickers at Witness and. I just had my name in the app, you know, just in case it was ever needed. So, how tough was it out there tonight? It was a lot better performance than it was last week. The effort seemed to be there. It was just 
couple of chances. We didn't really have it. We had to do a lot of defending, didn't we, tonight? Yeah, um, I think we gave away just too many errors, you know. The effort was there, but just too many errors. And um, against a team like Cass, you just can't you just can't give away that many that many errors and not and not be on the back foot. But I thought the boys, especially our middles, dug deep, you know. We're down we're not we haven't got many you don't many have any bare bones, aren't you? Yeah, as well. Yeah. Where's your preferred position, Ed? Is it you know full back, winger, centre? Where do you prefer to play? I mean, I know you play anywhere, won't you? But where you where you where your um, preferences are? I feel most comfortable at centre. But uh, you know, what I need me to do a job at full back. Then that's where I'm needed. So I'll do. I'm doing my best at trying to do my best at full back. And you know, the lads are helping me at training, and just hope that come, come next weekend, Catalan, I can you know help. I'll kick on even more and hopefully get some points on the board for some of the lads. Tough place to go, Catalan Dragons, they seem to be in form as well, don't they, at the moment, shooting up into the top eight. Big test there next week and then Leeds the week after. I know we're going to be in that mid-late now, looking at the maths of it. How tough is that going to be? Um, yeah, it's going to be tough, but... Have you played in that before with Widness? Yeah, I've yeah. been in that situation before and it's not, a nice, it's not a nice thing to be, but, you know, I think if we get some momentum going into that middle-eights, that'll really, that'll really help us if we get... You know, maybe, hopefully we can get two wins and then we can kick on going into that middle eights because confidence is a big thing. We go into that middle eights confident, get a, get the first win. And, you know, and then, then who's saying that we can't go on and be undefeated for the rest of the season? So, definitely. Well, thanks a lot for speaking to us tonight and good luck next week in France, mate. So, I'm joined by Lee Lima, tough defeat up. Yeah, it was. Um, Obviously, it's, it's a bit weird to be positive after a result like that, but we feel it was a big step forward. Um, we put a lot of things right from last weekend against OKR, and it's about now, this, especially the position we're in, just continually uh, improving each week, and I think we took a big step forward. Today. Yeah, obviously, as a team, are you looking towards sort of the middle eights and sort of building a bit, more, bit of momentum for that? Of course we are, yeah. Uh, barring this week, every week we still had that chance of making that eight spot, but we sort of... That's us now. We're going to be in that middle eight, so it's about building and getting ready for that. Uh, obviously, a lot of teams are doing the same. Your OKRs are signing up players. Uh, luckily, my one's helped us. We've got uh, one coming in, so it's like you say, it's about building, putting things right each week, and uh, hopefully in a few weeks' time we'll be ready for that middle eight. Yeah, you were in the arm wrestle for a long periods tonight. That's a good sign, obviously, willing to trade, and hopefully next time might be different. To be fair, it's been the story of our season. We, we stayed in the arm wrestle for massive chunks of the game, and for easing, we're just self-destructing. Same as today, the score tries off the back of our errors. So um, again, it's just about putting them little errors out, cutting them right, cutting them out, uh, and getting better each week. Yeah, Catalan next week, travelling over to France, another opportunity to, to get things right. Yeah, of course. We've got two games now. We've got Catalan then Leeds. Uh, get a bit of momentum and. Uh, Come three weeks' time, we'll be ready. Cheers, big thanks for talking to us in the Devil's Detail. Thank you very much. Cheers, Cheers mate, thanks. <laughs> so, joined by uh, Ryan Lannan. Tough defeat, that. Yeah, it was. We thought it was a real arm wrestle to the second half. Then we like sort of broke it with the drop ball, I think it was, in like, the second set of the second half. And Castleford, they've got a smart. They managed the game pretty well. Just spoke about that. Obviously, you know, we're working towards the middle eights now, trying to get a yeah. bit of momentum. I thought we got it in that game. I thought we competed for long periods. Yeah, we can take some confidence from that game going into the middle eights because Castle are a class team, so not many teams will be able to manage us as well if we play like that every week now. So we'll just hopefully build on that now. Yeah, obviously, it's a tough, tough game out there. You've come out yeah. with nothing serious, hope, because obviously no. there's only a 14 outside <laughs> of it. Yeah, we had 17, so hopefully it's not too bad to find out more tomorrow, but I, don't, I think I'll be alright for next week. Right? Yeah. 
Catalan next week, another chance to, to obviously register a win yeah. before we go into the middle eight. confident? Yeah, pretty, after that performance, pretty confident, but we all know that Catalan are flying pretty high now, so we know over there, especially with the heat, it'll be a, quite an hard game, but hopefully we get the win there. Cheers, big thanks. Talk to us in the demo detail. Sorry. Cheers, Cheers mate. mate. Thanks very much. So that was Ed Chamberlain, Ryan Lannan and Lee Mossop talking to us after the game, Paul. And obviously the boys were disappointed, but they know you know progress is being made. Yeah, they were disappointed. Yeah, it was a week before the disappointment, wasn't it? Losing at OKR like that. I think that was a big... And obviously we needed that response and we did get that. We know we're struggling and things aren't going our way, especially in the attack. And, you know, we keep saying it, don't we? We've not got the spark and things like that. But you don't really question the effort of the guys... I think Ed Chamberlain's come in and, and done really well, and obviously we 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 speaking about Ed afterwards and the, the news about him today that's been announced. And I think that's that's a good sign. I think he's a he's a good player. He's a good goal kicker, a very useful player. So I think there's things to be positive about. We've just got to uh, make sure we, we we keep that positivity up, and Ian keeps getting the best out of the boys. Yeah, I think Paul, it's like you say, it's about creativity, but also losing uh, Nia Levels and you know Ben Murnett Masala. You've got. X factor there that, that you haven't, you wouldn't have had this season, and you know bringing these new players in, you know creates an opportunity to, to create recreate that, and hopefully you know get back to similar performances. Well, yeah, I mean a lot's going to be riding on Jackson Hastings. You know, we, the, the the young lads coming from Australia. I think he's arriving this week, is he? Or if he's not already arrived, then there's a lot of pressure on his shoulders, um, and I'm sure he's up for the challenge because he's he's going to be in the shop window whether he's playing for Salford next season. You know, I don't know. If, I think we've just offered him a short-term deal at the moment, haven't we? So he's going to want to play somewhere next season, whether that's with us in England somewhere or back in Australia. So I'm hoping he's going to shine, and with a bit of luck, he can do the same sort of job for us. What I've done at, um, at Catalan Dragons because he seems to be the missing link that, that they've been looking for. So and there's, there's rumours about us signing a, a, a young hooker from Australia, I believe, as well. So. Uh, no, we're down on troops at the moment, aren't we? Especially with the injury situation. But if we can get some players in, like we, like we have been doing, uh, that's going to be a, be a positive move. Yeah. Uh, talking, you, sorry, Paul. You spoke to Ian Watson after the game against Castleford, and this is what he had to say. Coach's corner. Right, Ian Watson joins me. Uh, a lot better today than last week. Yeah. The effort was, was certainly there in that first half. I thought he was very unlucky to be 6 off. I thought he should have been 6 off. I thought the cast try was a bit contentious with a knock-on there. Yep. They yeah. seemed to get a lot of the bounce of the ball as well from, from me in that first half. Yeah, every the ricochet best, went yeah, there. The best way. teams always do that. I, mean, I remember playing Warrington the other week at Warrington yeah. and every kind of bounce that came off somebody's legs, they got on it first. and Just... They're a little bit when you when you're winning, you're a little bit more proactive to stuff mm. rather than reactive. And when you're kind of on the back foot, you're always reacting to situations mm. rather than coming forwards. We, we spoke about that as a team, but that's a confidence thing that as well. That's just something that comes through you naturally playing and naturally winning. Whereas the kind of the bounce of the ball comes your way because you're first to react all the time. Uh, but effort was outstanding, mate. Like I say, last week was really good for the first 20 minutes, and we spoke about that before the game today, saying think about that first 20. We need to make sure that we're consistent and like that and build a performance. And I thought we did first half, we were really good with it. We, we managed the game reasonably well. We were kicking early because um, obviously we'd been a little bit wet and playing the field position. But then, second half, we needed to do that. And just speaking to Paolo, then he said he's said the same things to their guys as what we've said about turning them around, kick them early. Uh, we just needed to stick with that process. But we kept trying to play the plays out coming out of yardage, and then we made a few too many errors. And then that's what they, when we conceded. Um, but at that time, Castleford looked a little bit rocky. Um, if we could have just controlled the game a little bit better at that point, 
I think they would have had a different game there, to be fair. What did you say to the lads at half-time? Obviously, coming off at 6 all. I mean, a lot of people were sort of saying in the, in the press and supporters we were going to get lamped tonight, and yeah. it well, must have been a surprise for you. Yeah. Well, mate, no, no one gave us a chance anyway, and <laughs> I, we just said about don't fear adversity. Adversity is something to be Do you think it's galvanised you this week? Um, There's a yeah, lot of talk of you being down to your last 17 yeah, players. Yeah, you think that's brought you together? Um, yeah, potentially, but just because we, we, we spoke about it as a group, but it, it's, it's the players that... The mentality of the players is good, um, and that's what we kind of need to focus on in trying to keep making sure that the mentality of the players is good and the kind of positive coming into games and getting confidence from games like that. And when you're going up against a Castleford team and you're in an arm wrestle mentality, you can come through the other side because they've had a similar team to what they've played Leeds there and they absolutely open tell Leeds apart. Um, we've come in and given them a really good arm wrestle, a real good game, um, which will be a benefit to both teams going forward. It's just I thought Paul McShane managed the game a lot better in the second half than what we did, and we just needed that little bit. Trip to France next week. Yep. That's always a tough tough game yep. as well. Especially the way they're playing. They seem yep. to be on top form, don't they now? It looks like them yep. and Huddersfield have got into that top eight now, and that leaves you with sort of Leeds, and I think Wakefield have been dragged back into the, to the scrap now as yeah, well. Yeah, I think they drew today, haven't they, with um, Leeds? I've not so seen the scores all, I think it is, so... Yeah, they're in there, so they're going to be interesting. Leeds are going to have to win their last two games, but they've also got a semi-final. Excuse me, a semi-final on the back of that as well. It's all right, we can bleep that out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um, Wakefield, um, they've obviously got a few games, because they've got Huddersfield, I think, in the last yeah. game of the season as well. So look, there's a few games to play. For us, what we've got to keep doing is just keep trying to build on our performances. I know we'll be good. There's a lot of stuff we've kind of faced this year, and like I say, if we'd have made the top eight, it'd have probably been like winning a grand final this year. From everything we spoke about at the beginning of the season with the club and the changeover, mm-hmm. if we'd have got there, mate, it'd have been like winning a grand final. You don't know kind of how much is kind of going yeah. on behind yeah. the scenes a little bit. And look, hopefully that's turning now with the signing of obviously Jackson and kind of the players, and hopefully a few players starting to come back in the next few weeks. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Because, um, like we say, we were down to our last 17 today, but the credit's got to go to the players, mate. Definitely. Jackson Easton seems to be like the. He could be. You yeah. know, I think Josh Drinkwater went to the Catalan, he, he turned out yeah. to be vital for them, and hopefully that's going to have the same effect yeah. on us. But when you think about it, we could approach that sort of middle eight with a really fresh side, can't we, if we get all the guys yeah, back? Yeah, potentially, hopefully. Look, we, we spoke to Niall in the week, and we just said, Niall's starting to run now, and he's getting in and around. That's and, great news. Yeah, it? it was looking like the Catalan game might be a possibility, but we've just said to Niall, look, if, it, if, it, if it's not, and it's a little bit sore, and it's better leaving it a week, leave it a week, because we need to be certain of players coming back and staying back. We can't have a player come back for a week, play a game against Catalan, and then end up missing out in the eights as well, especially with people like Brian in and... Jack Little John potentially probably out for the season yeah. and a couple of us on the back of that. How's Chris Wellham? Is he not? Is it four yeah, to six it, weeks with it with Chris? Yeah, he'll um, come out of his splint this weekend, so he'll start. He started to run. Um, it's just start to do all the mobility with yeah, his finger now. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks very much for speaking to us tonight, course, and uh, safe journey to France. And I'll speak to you there. Yep. Cheers, mate. Thanks. Cheers, Paul. Yeah. No. Coach's corner. So, Ian Watson was talking to you after the game, Paul, and he was happy with the boys' effort that they put in the first half, and he thinks the, you know, the mentality is right going into the uh, the middle eights. Yeah, I don't know. I, probably happy is a, a funny word to use. You're not going to be happy when you, you've lost, but I think it, there's an old saying at the what I don't like when coaches say it, but they always seem to say that this saying that it is what it is. I always think it's a strange thing to say that, but a lot of coaches seem to say that. And um, I suppose it is what it is at the moment. Ian's got, you know, he's, he's the bare bones of players and he's not got much choice, has he? It's not like Wigan or Leeds or, or wherever, you know, some of the, the clubs that have got the, the reserve grade and 
the academy in a 40-man squad. We've not got that. So we, we've not got that competition. We can't drop people. You, you've literally got that squad of players and there's no room for, for Ian to do any manoeuvring around, really. And then when people get injuries as well, like the Greg Johnson one at Hulking uh, Rovers, there's another another body out. So we're really light on players at the moment. And I think he said it there, the, the commitment that the, the lad showed against Cass, it was a really sort of hard-fought game. We had to do a lot of defending for, for patches in the match. And you, said, you two said it before about the arm wrestling. We were well in that and, and working really hard. And that's all you can ask for. I mean, obviously, the supporters want, want us to win and, and do the best we can. But if we're doing our best with, with the limited resources we've got at the moment, I don't think you can ask for much more than that. Yeah, it's a testing time, Joe, for Ian Watson, obviously, with all the injuries and, you know, lack of form. But, you know... He got us to the to the to the nearly the promised land last season and finishing the top eight. You know, coming from the the million pound miracle, you know, the year before, he's got experience in dealing with these pressure games, and hopefully, he'll take that going into this uh, mid lakes. Yeah, we certainly do. We have a lot of experienced coaches as well. We've got Martin Gleeson and Willie Poulton that have played in grand finals, played in Challenge Cup finals. So that will help the players as well. And Watson's been there and done it. He's coaching a semi-final, which we now missed out on. He's, and the million-pound game, and being in that situation, is better for us than other teams because we've seen there and been and done that before. He'll, he knows what needs to be done, and he needs he knows he knows what the players need to do as well. So that, that's only can help us in the next 10, 11 weeks as well. Yeah, looking at the stats for the game against Castleford. The top tacklers, Ryan Lannan with 43, Josh Wood with 42, uh, Junior Sal with 22, Daniel, Mar- Daniel Murray with 50. Um, Daniel Murray with 50, Paul, that's a massive effort. Yeah, he certainly was. Very pleased for, for Daniel Murray. I thought he had an excellent game on, uh, on Friday night. He's a player that's improving all the time, isn't he, and learning the game and um, a massive future in the game, Daniel, and it was a top effort from him on Friday. Yeah, obviously all the other uh, stats as well. Looking at the big meter makers, um, we've got Jake Bibber with 62, Lee Mossett with 94, Ben Nakumbawai with 49, Tyrone McCarthy with 59. Um, Joe, obviously with a winning team in Super League, you need four or five players, don't you, to get over the 100 mark, and we only got uh, Lee Mossop, you know, getting near that. Um, it's a, it's a problem, really, isn't it? You need to be making big meters forward to make the yards to get into places where you're going to hurt teams. Yeah, I think that's where we're we're falling short of the pack. If on the, if you don't mind the pun, it's we've not got a solid bench, which, and that's for me is where we're losing out. As we're bringing players off the bench that are only making thirty, forty meters per game out of eleven carries. That's not that's not good enough. That's not a top eight side, and to me, that's not even a top twelve side. You need players. You're always making the yards. We had Daryl Alfords and Ed Chamberlain, who made ninety nine and above meters. Okay, yeah, fair enough. You fall back with these return turning the bottom of the ball, but your wingers shouldn't be making that meters return. It should be your forwards setting the platform. And if we've not got a forward pack setting our platforms, that's where Louis Insurance can't shine because. No, no half pack can play well off a pack that's make, only making 50, 60 metres per set. So that's, that is an area we need to improve on and hopefully we can bring a couple in for the eights that could improve our pack. Yeah, but how, how, does he fi- how do they fix that up, Joe? Obviously, you know, 
the forwards are, are doing a lot of work, aren't they, in defence? Because, uh, you know, the opposition have a lot of balls. So it's just a matter of kind of getting the right balance in it, making big metres forward, but also defending well. Yeah, I think I think Friday is a bit harsh because it was the weather was terrible. There were a lot of errors, but over the past eight to twelve weeks, we are making a lot of silly, silly errors. Last tackle penalties, knock ons on the first set in our own half, which it, it doesn't help, and it's tiring out the forwards. I know Lee Mossett made thirty-five tackles on Friday and missed thirteen. Daniel Murray made fifty and missed thirteen. So the 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 stats clearly show that they are fatigued and you've got your back rower making 43 and Ryan, Ryan Lannan. So, I know this is biting the bullet, but then to stay up, we need to cut silly, silly errors out and focus on the basics. We are playing basic rugby league, five driving the kit, but you need to, you need to face, it, face the basics in defence, not hanging on. I know George Griffin is, I think he's the second or third most penalised player in the league you can't have that in the Super League time that's where we get punished by just silly errors again and again every week yeah I think Paul obviously like Joe says it's all about trying to stay in the arm wrestling if we do keep coughing up ball it's going to put extra pressure on us in defence in it and then there's only so much you can take in the uh, big pressure moments yeah like Joe said that I, I think we have been sort of limited with our play I've said it to you quite a few times this season but we've not got that X factor we've not got that those wingers that can finish and our play has been basic a lot of supporters have said about that you know there's five drives and a kick and we have been limited but to me if you're going to do five drives and a kick you've got to do it right and you know there's been times this season on Friday night we're not getting to the, we're not getting through that five drives we're coughing the ball up and making mistakes you know we're going at six all at half time then we can see two tries after half time and go 18-6 down but both of those tries came on the back of our mistakes knocking the ball in our own half Junior Sal was one, and I'm not sure who the other one was, but simple, basic, fundamental errors that hands the initiative back to Castleford, and you can't invite teams back in like that because those errors are costing you points, and, and in the end, at the end of the day, they're costing you the game. And the, the penalties, again, it was the same at Hull KR. The, the amount of daft penalties we give away, it's, um, you know, the, the coach killers, aren't they? And, you're not going to win any games giving, giving away er- errors and penalties like that. Yeah, obviously, you know, a few more weeks to try and fix that up, Joe, and, you know, go into the middle eights, especially against these lower division sides, you know, they'll be up for a fight and there'll be probably lots of niggling going on, so it's just a matter of us not getting sucked into games like that. Yeah, it is. We we do tend to, there's been a number of occasions saying it, all, it goes back to the arm wrestle, and it, it does all interlink that we're in an arm wrestle for 50, 60 minutes, our forwards start getting fatigued and they give away penalties and then teams thrive on the back of that. Warrington did it, Hokiar did it, Lees did it on Bank Holiday Monday in the tight game. It The way you get out of it is, well, first and foremost, you start being silly and lazy and lying on and, and put these silly passes out from prop forwards. And the second thing is your training. If, if they're training four or five times a week, be fair, stop the ball, get players a bit fitter. If we've got limited men, get them a little bit fitter, get them a bit in the gym, give them time off. Don't pound them and pound them, what they probably happened after Hull KR. It kind of shows that they got pounded a little bit on Friday night because a lot were fatigued. So for me, it's just cut out the areas and be smart and play smart rugby league. It's not a hard game at the end of the day. Yeah, I think I think with Ian Watson's, He's got the problem of having a small squad, Joe, so he can't really rotate players, can he? 
And obviously at the moment he's got himself and Martin Gleeson involved in training as well. So it's not like he's got, you know, if players are sitting out, you know, resting up, he's not going to have a training session, is he? So I suppose it's just a matter of damage limitation in that area, I think. No, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. But for example, on Friday night, and it happened as well, he didn't bring Levy on to the last 15 minutes. And you've got a young lad there who's what he's making impacts. And you, you bring him on when the game's virtually done and you're on the back front. And subsequently, your players that are on the pitch where he could replace someone like Greg Burke or Mossop, who was retiring, who was tiring, bring them, bring him on for quick 10-minute spells, get them refreshed, not rotate two players. And we lost Tyron McCarthy as well going in, into the hooker for Josh Wood. So, yeah. if talking about not having little players, don't keep a player on the bench to the last 10 15 minutes when you're on the back foot and it's same with against Wigan as well I know we won the game but he brought Ed Chamberlain on the last minute you've got a limited squad use use your rotations do you agree with that Paul do you think Ian Watson needs to use his bench better yeah I think he's spot on there Joe I think um, you know if you've got a small squad you've got you've got to utilise it there's no point in having a guy on the bench and not using him it's crazy um, and if you you know, going back to the Levy Unzungu argument, if you think Levy's a bit green or Ian Watson thinks Levy's a bit green, well, he shouldn't be in the team. And you've got Gavin Bennion there who's playing lots of minutes on loan at Swinton and Rochdale as he's done this season. If you're still not sure about Levy and you don't sort of have faith in him, I'd bring Gavin in and put Gavin on the bench because you do, you need, you need to spell your players. You've got four four substitutes there on the bench. You can't afford to carry one. You know, you, you need to utilise it. And, and like Joe said, he did the same with, with Ed. Chamberlain of the week which I thought was a strange but yeah it, it, it's tough at the moment but on the other side of the coin perhaps I'm being a bit hard sometimes and there's, there's a lot of senior players in there and there was a lot of senior players who played at Oakingston Road with guys who played in grand finals you know like the junior Sal, Mark Flanagan Josh Jones these guys and sometimes they perhaps they've got to step up a bit more now's the time to step up they, they've got a lot of experience and you know to, to lose with 50 points at whole KR and you know Castleford I mean are those players a great side, a great Castleford side. I'm not so sure they are. I mean, there's no Luke Gale in that team. Jamie Ellis did play. You, you've got to test yourself against these players sometimes. I think, you know, we're saying the efforts there, but there's got to be a bit more now, sir, I think, for me as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a testing time uh, for everyone, both on and off the field, Paul. Uh, big thanks for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Got a few here. Uh, Colin Wilson, pride in abundance. Uh, his man of the match was Josh Wood. Ken Edwards, good effort, boys. Uh, Tony Frame not enough ball his man of the match was Ed Chamberlain uh, Chairman Bob a tough, a tough shift his man of the match was Josh Wood uh, Colin Reynolds lack of creativity his man of the match was uh, Chamberlain uh, Mark a great effort and his man of the match was Chamberlain couple of people there Joe giving Chamberlain the man of the match you know what fullback I thought he brought the ball back well and created a good try yeah I think Ed, I think for my man of the match was Ed Chamberlain as well his, his return ball, you can tell that he is a natural centre because he runs the ball hard. He's he's not one of them full-backs where he'll, he'll pass it off to his winger every time like Gaz O'Brien did and sometimes Niall does. He'll always run that ball and he'll run that ball hard and it showed in his metres as well. He, he made 99 metres and he made an average of 6-7. So that's one of the best in the team. So it, for me, he has been a good sign and it's it's brought a bit of spark into the team as well. Yeah. Other people with a three-match report. 
Pete a lot better. His man of the match was Chamberlain. Matt Gilray, lots of positives. Um, Paul King, good spirited performance. And his man of the match was uh, Josh Woods. Um, Eric Lawson, very good effort. And his man of the match was Josh Wood. Paul, Josh Wood picking up a few man of the matches there. And I thought he was very good on Friday. Yeah, he worked hard, Josh Wood. He worked hard in, in defence as he always does. He put some... Uh, Put himself about, didn't he? And played above his weight against a, you know, a, a big Castleford pack. Really, they've got some big forwards in there, and uh, and Josh did. He, he worked really hard and tackled really well. And don't forget, he's he's working overtime now with the injury to Logan Tompkins. I know Tyrone McCarthy filled in there as a bit of a stopgap hooker, but uh, but Josh would have to had to put the put the graft in on Friday night. Yeah, who was your man of the match, Joe? Uh, I think I'd give it to. Chamberlain and Josh Wood, I can't decide. They both, again, both had excellent games. How about you, Paul? Who was your man of the match? Yeah, I went for a Chamberlain on the night. I thought he played really well. I thought he looked really sort of lively when he had the ball, you know, returning the ball. He, he set the try up for, for Jake Bibby with it. I think he did anyway. He set the try up. With, I'm sure, did he set the try up for Jake Bibby? Yeah, Jake yeah, yeah, that, that grubber yeah. kicked through. Yeah, so. Uh, I was. I need to start wearing my glasses at the match, but <laughs> I, I thought it was. So uh, did all right there, didn't I? But yeah, I thought. He, he looked good. He kicked well off the touchline. We only had, only kicked one, but uh, but yeah, I think he's settled in really well, and uh, I'm pleased he's, he's got a contract. And I think he'll be a useful player for us. Yeah, I'm going to go for Daniel Murray. Thought he played really well in the, in the, in a the, in the beaten pack. So yeah, happy days. Well done, Daniel, and uh, keep up the good work. So that was our review of the game against Castleford this week, uh, last week, sorry. And now what we're going to do? We we'll talk about all the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. So, the big news coming out of Salford Devils this week. Jackson Hastings signs, Paul. Uh, just what we needed. Well, yeah, we need somebody, don't we, to uh, to create some sort of a, a spark in the, in this middle eight and for the last two games of the season. If I don't know if he's going to play against Catalan, I'm not too sure. But, uh, but yeah, we, we do need somebody in there. I think we, I think we need a leader and a bit of a, someone who's going to organise it. You know, somebody who's vocal as well. That's one thing I've noticed this season. Since Michael Dobson's gone, we don't seem to have that guy on, on the pitch who's who's vocal and who's, who's directing his troops and you know telling people where they need to be. And uh, you, you need that. I think every side needs that, don't they? And uh, and I'm hoping Jackson Hastings. I know he's only a young lad, but uh, I'm hoping he's going to be that sort of player that can can get the best out of our our forward pack and uh, you know start creating at dummy half and around the rook area as well and you know, setting some some tries up with some plays. Yeah, still only 22, uh, Joe. You know, youth on his side, come with a, you know, a good reputation um, in Australia. You know, might be the missing uh, missing link for us. Yeah, I think he is. And myself, I do watch a lot of NRL and he is. He's, he's head and shoulders above Super League level. He's a very, very good player. I know he's had to leave due to, say, off-the-field troubles. But there's a reason why in 2016 that... Trent Robinson let Sean, uh, James Maloney go to leave the Roosters for Jackson Hastings to part, partner Mitchell Pearce in the arse. There's, there's obviously a reason for that and he's a, he's a massive talent and do I know there's a number of Super League clubs looking for him and his, his kicking game is superb and it is what we're missing. He's, he is an organiser, he's a scrum half that will organise and he likes a six coming off him that won't take the limelight away from him. That six that'll just do that little spurt, do that little pass, and that's what Louis is. So if they get a partnership, I think we could be in for a good middle eights. Yeah, 
you know, he's, he's got a good. He sounds like he's had a good game. I don't, I don't watch the NRL, but like you said, if he, if he's got all that in his locker, and you know, with Rob Louis by his side, and you know, hopefully a couple more signings coming in, it could be a, the the big thing uh, going into the uh, the Middle Lakes, Joe. Yeah, I know we're linked with another manly hooker that could change the game. I know it's not looking likely that Brennan will play this season. If you do, he'll get the back end of the eight. And he is the missing link, and he'll create a bit less pressure for Louis. Now, Louis, at the minute, he's trying to do two jobs at once. And as we all know, we've watched Louis enough over the past. His kicking game is non-existent. So, and that's what Hastings will bring in. He'll take all the pressure off Louis, let Louis play his own game, and he'll create gaps on a field that we've not seen since Michael Dobson. And for me, it's a like a like for like replacement for Michael Dobson, just ten years younger and with hair. With hair, yeah, that's that's always an advantage that Paul that he's got hair. Oh yeah, you can't be doing without hair. I mean, I've not got much now, and it's driving me daft, Rob. I can't wait to get to get some back. But yeah, but yeah, he uh, he sold he sold Jackson Hastings to it there, Joe. I mean, I've not seen much of him. I've only seen the, the the clips on on YouTube. But yeah, that's exactly what we need. We've said it all season, haven't we? Um, you know that Michael Dobson. You know, for, for all what people said about him, you know, some people were. I think I don't think people realised the the amount of work he did until he went, and, and then when he wasn't there, he said, oh, me, he did do a lot of work, didn't he, Michael? Uh, you know, off the ball sort of stuff. He's defensive. And that's what we need at the moment. We've got some good players in our squad. I know we've only got a small squad, but there's some good players there, some good finishes in there. You've got the likes of Nia Levels, Darrell Olferts in there, Greg Johnson. These guys can finish, Jake Bibby as well, if, they, if they're given the opportunity. And at the moment, I don't think we're creating those opportunities, are we, for, for one reason or another? And if Jackson can get this link up with the halves, whoever it may be, he plays with uh, Jake Shorrocks or Robert Louis or whatever, if he can get this link going and work, it could be. It could turn out to be the you know the signing of the season for us, and, and one that's very pivotal in the staying up. Yeah, Marwan Kukash Paul helped us get the signing over the line. Uh, you know that's good. That's good of him. Obviously, you know, giving the club a lift in this crucial moment of the season. Yeah, very very good, Rob. Very good. Very good. Very good. Okay, so other big news coming out of Salford Devils. Um, Ed Chamberlain uh, signed a new two-year contract. Joe, you know, impressed in his uh, short time so far at Salford. Yeah, he's been brilliant. He's played two games now, both run out of fullback. Listen, he's not a fullback. He's he's doing a job for the team at fullback. His natural position is centre, and you can see sparks in his game where he is an, where he is a natural centre when he's playing at the in, at the back. I think he'll be our long term replacement for Chris Wellham. I think he'll he'll get in the team above Chris Wellham. I think he's for me. Chris Wellham is is a squad player in the Super League. I think you bring in someone with a bit bit of pace, bit of something about him, and his game reads as well. If you look at his highlights from Widness, in which we're well and lacks in defence massively. So, with Niall at full-back and Evelds, uh, with Chamberlain going into the centres, hopefully for the eights, I think we will see a, a bigger impact and a bit more strike play out on the edges. Yeah, Paul, if he plays in the centre, that's where he, you know, he feels like he wants to play. Um, kicks goals as well. You know, I've seen flashes. I think in that you know, a bit more settled in the in the team, a few more games under his belt. You know, he he could go far. I think so. I like what I've seen with him. Yeah, um, I, I do like. I mean, I like Chris Weller. You know, you we were saying there might be a squad player. I I think Chris has done well this season. He's been a bit unlucky with a, the couple of injuries he had, and 
I'm not so sure there. I think I perhaps have um, Willem above above Sal, me and, and perhaps uh, Chamberlain and the other set we'd have to see. But at least that gives us a bit of a dilemma. That's the kind of dilemmas you want, where you've got players, you know, fighting, fighting for spots. And uh, but yeah, I think looking at Ch- Ed Chamberlain, I mean, we spoke to him on 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 Friday, and I think that is his preferred position, playing in the centre. And you can tell by the way he plays. But the beauty of, the, of him having him in the side is he can play in various positions, can't he? You know, he didn't let us down at full-back either, so, if, you know, you know when a season starts, you're going to get injuries and you're going to have to shuffle things around and it's always valuable to have players like that who can play in a number of positions, but I think we've, we've signed a really good player there. I'm, I'm surprised we'd just have let him go as well. Yeah, I suppose, Joe, picking up Ed Chamberlain uh, and Greg Burke off witness could be a could be a bit of a battle, could be a kind of a psychological, you know, win for us going into that mid-lakes. Yeah, it's a, it looks like it will be. We've we've been crying it out for all year, bit of bit of positivity around the club in the player department as well as off field. And I think just getting two players in that create a bit of positivity as well. And I I, I personally think Greg Berg is a good signing for us. I know some fans were a bit unkeen on him, but with Greg Berg, if you look at his game, he's a prop forward with a I'd say an average half back set of hands tip on it's something different for when Flanagan goes off he can use Burke not to the same effect but he still has that ability to, to tip on and his try against Wooden as well showed that way he has got a, a little bit of pace about him so I think he's been a good acquisition for the pack as well and it, it's brought a bit more yardage for the deflated team yeah I always say that a lot, a lot Joe about making the defensive line kind of stop as the ball moves across. Because obviously, when he gets the ball, they don't don't know whether he's going to run or whether he's going to pass. And that split-second you know, uh, stop in that defensive line can make a big difference when the, when the ball's moving quick. Yeah, it is. It's, it creates a bit of uncertainty in the defence. And it's, speaking from experience, it's horrible to play against if you don't know whether a forward's going to tip on or take it. It's, it just gives the defender something extra to think about and it could create that gap on the outside for a fullback for a, a centre to hit a line as that, that forward or that second row is a bit static or not square run because he has to think of two minds so it is a positive way to attack and I think we need to do more of it near the line we do a lot of it in our own half trying to play like a Castleford and we've not got that strike force so if we can get put that into their 20 20 zone, I think we'll do absolutely fine. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be good times ahead. I think uh, for all our new signings, Paul, and you know, hopefully, confidence will get up and we'll be able to put, play some good rugby again. That's what it's all about, Rob. It's all about confidence and uh, and getting. You know, we've said it before. How many times have me and you said that? You know, winning and losing become habits, don't they? And you know, we've got to get out of that that losing habit now. And you're going to be playing sides in that. In that middle eight, especially the championship side, who've been who've been winning and used to winning all season. You know, Toronto's a perfect example of that, and they're going to have a lot of confidence coming into to this eights. And um, obviously, we're not at the moment. We're, we're a bit low on confidence, aren't we? And that's why these two two games now at the end of the season, I think, are important. Really, I know people might say, "Oh, they're a bit of a dead rubber, really," because you you know you're not going to move now in eleventh place. But I think they are important. I think uh, you know to gain that confidence in as well. I think every game is important now. Um, we've got to approach every game like it's a cup final. Yeah, so much to come, I think, in the next few weeks. Um, other good news. Um, Paul King and Paul is it Trainer have been unveiled as new non-executive directors of the club. Uh, Joe, you know, positive move. 
you know, both businessmen, both fans, you know, the community club we're trying to build, it's an extra building block towards that. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great move for the club. I know Paul King, I, I think I've said hello to women upstairs in the West Stand. He's a lifelong sport and you can see that through his Twitter and his comments on Twitter. So it is a good association with the club and it brings someone that has a has a cap on both sides. He can put his business cap on where he wants to, but he also he can think about what's best for the club fans wise as well. Got a bit through that as well. Paul Trainer, I think Paul Trainer is a, a deputy head at a school in Berry, so that's creating a new market for us and a new get more teenagers and then give them rugby league of what they lack in Berry and hopefully build on some fans that way as well. So I think it's positive and it's again it's the positive the club need at the minute. Yeah, Paul, it gives Andy Rosso a lift as well. You know, all three of them, all kind of business um, sort of savvy. Um, Paul training, like you said before, has, has sort of links in schools and, you know, he knows what, you know, has to be done to try and sort of tap into that market of the, the, the kids. Yeah, certainly. I mean, I don't know the, the two guys personally. I, I'm pretty sure I've seen Paul King. I, I recognise his, his face. I think he's been at a few of the meetings. And I'm sure, if, I'm, if I remember rightly, I saw a photograph he put on Twitter a few weeks ago of him in a, an old Salford suit with a white V on. So he, from, from what I gather, he's, he's supported Salford for a long time. You can't buy that, Rob. You can't buy that passion. You know, people can say how much they love the club and, and this and the other. But, you know, sometimes you can't buy that. That, that that comes from the heart, doesn't it? And, and the experience you've had of watching your side all over those years. So, and they're they're going to bring a lot of experience to the table. And um, like like Joe said, they're going to have both hats out there, the business hats, obviously. And obviously, they they love the club and they've got an affiliation to the club as well. And you know, I look at other clubs sometimes and I think the people who are running their clubs who who've got their club at heart, I, I think you feel a bit more more comfortable when you've got people who, who, who love the club looking after it. I mean, if you remember back to the, the John Wilkinson days, you never felt threatened when John was the chairman of the club, did you, about changing its name or losing its identity because it was being nurtured and looked after by somebody. So if we've got people like that in, in our club, I think everybody's life will be a bit more sort of stress-free, won't it? Because we've got custodians who are doing a good job of, of taking care of the one thing we love. Yeah, Joe, none of us have ever run a rugby league club, but uh, one piece of advice you'd want to give him? One piece of advice I'll give him talk to the fans and listen to the fans don't brush it under the carpet Yeah, Paul, about you, anything? Um, oh, it's a, it's a tough one, that problem I, mean, I don't really know how to, to run, run a rugby league club but uh, I'd just say, you know you go with your heart, don't you? If you're a Salford supporter like those, those two guys are just just go with your heart and, and you know, listen to the supporters and uh, They'll never give up. That, that's one thing. As a solvent boy, you never give up. You keep going, and uh, you know, dis- despite how bad results go, Salford have always got to be there. Yeah, so you never give up. You keep, keep, keep going. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, give it everything you've got, and just give it time. Rome wasn't built in a day. We've got foundations here where we're, where we're like this year. You know, with the with the foundation and the club kind of getting closer together and, and working together better. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we can nurture that and turn us into a bigger, better club uh, from 2019 and beyond. Paul? Yeah, certainly, Rob. Certainly. Uh, from the heart of that there, Rob, you sound like you're 
going to start bursting well, into song there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to wish both the guys all the luck in the world because, uh, you know, things like this can be a thankless task sometimes. You, you know, you read comments, what people say on, on social media and that, and, you know, you know, it's like these days in 2018, nobody seems to have a good word to say about anybody. Everything seems to be dead negative. So, you know, I'd like to, to, to send my good wishes to him because, you know, it's, it's tough. The supporters, they're not getting paid for it and they're, they're going to be doing the best, aren't they? So, you know, keep your heads up and, and do, do I'm sure you'll do a great job. Yeah. Other news uh, we've got is uh, the Lance Todd uh, Awards. The tables are still on sale uh, for, for people. Joe, it's a great event that uh, following the Challenge Cup final. Yeah, I've been to one before as well. It's a great event. It's, there's a lot of history and heritage around the event, and it, it's great to see a lot of the previous Lance Todd winners. Maybe one day we'll, we'll have another Salford player receiving the Lance Todd trophy, Touchwood. I know there's been a couple of ex-players, but it's worth going. I know it, I think it's is it £55 per head per person if you want to go on your own. It's a great event, and it it's something to look forward to at the end of the season, and it's I've got no... John Blackburn does an excellent job organising it. Yeah, obviously contact the, the Red Devils Foundation or John Blackburn if, if you want to sort of book a table or, or book a book a, uh, an individual seat for the event, Paul. And, you know, hopefully it'll be another sellout. Yeah, and I'm sure it will be, Rob. It's, um, you know, it's something that, that our club should be proud of, shouldn't it? You know, the, the Lanstad Trophy, you know, the great Lanstad and, you know, to have that prestigious day at Wembley and that, that trophy to be named after him it's something that, that we've done over the years haven't we the old Salford Red Devils you know ex-players association and it's something that I hope goes on for many years to come and John Blackburn does a good job getting that organised and I'd love to go to that so I'm, I'm going to do my best to try and get a ticket for that because I've never been to one before and I, I believe it's a great night and like Joe said I know Max needs won it I think he's won it two years running now an ex-Salford player so it would be nice for a for us, well, it'd be nice for us to get to Wembley first and then, uh, then one of our players win it one day. But yeah, it should be a great event. And if you can get down there and support that, I'd, I'd advise you to do it. Yeah, and don't forget the, the summer camps are being run by the Salford Devils Foundation starting from the 30th of July, runs all the way to the 14th of August. Joe, like you said, you've been involved in that. You went to that when you were a kid and it was, it was good. It helped you, you know, build that uh, love for the club. Yeah, it's... Uh, well, when I first started going, the, the foundation was very new, and it was all oh, what was going to happen. And they've done it every year since, and it it creates a bit bit of positivity around the club as well. Getting local and out the area kids coming and playing rugby league, and it gets it, get, it gets them interested and gets it builds their confidence as well to maybe come watch a first team game or get into an amateur club. So if you've got children around that age, send them down, and I'm sure they'll enjoy it. Yeah, so on that's all the news coming out of Soul Fred Devils this week. Next up on the Devil in Detail podcast, it's Paul Whiteside's amateur report where he talks all about the fixes and results for our amateur sides.
Right, well, here is this week's Devil in the Detail Amateur Report. Before we get into the uh, the local amateur scene, we've got some really sad news to bring you this week in the Rugby League and the Bradford Club Birkinshaw in particular is in mourning for Max Blakely, who passed away on Saturday the 14th of July while representing his club in a Yorkshire Men's League Division 5 game at Hewitt. It is understood that the player felt unwell during the halftime break and Birkinshaw announced we are sorry to inform of the passing of 32-year-old Max Blakely. Max came off the pitch on Saturday and later became poorly. Paramedics were called but were unable to revive him. His family have requested privacy at this difficult time. The club will issue a further statement when appropriate. So some terrible news there. 32 years of age, no age whatsoever and everyone on the devil in the detail, I'm sure you yourselves at home, will pass on their condolences and, uh, and, and, and thoughts and prayers to Max Blakely's family and everybody involved at the Birkinshaw Club. Really sad news there. Well, the National Conference League on Saturday it was defeat for Rochdale Mayfield in the Premier Division. They were beaten 28 points to 26 at home to West Hull. In Division 2, Saddleworth Rangers 22, Drillington 6. In Division 3, Dewsbury Celtic beat Salford City Roosters 54 points to nil. The Roosters only had 16 players for that game, so they're doing it really tough this season. And if you can get down there and support them for the rest of the season, I'm sure it'd be greatly appreciated. Oldham St. Anne's had a result, a good result as well, against Eastmoor Dragons 28 points to 24 also in Division 3 the fixtures for this coming weekend Saturday the 21st of July Premier Division Rochdale Mayfield plays Siddle in Division 2 Saddleworth Rangers play Wigan St Jude's and in Division 3 Stanley Rangers play Oldham St Anne's and Waterhead Warriors are at home to Beverley well, it was a quiet week in the North West Men's League. There was just one result that was a Division 5 clash it was Berry Broncos A10 Bolton Mets 44 this week, there's just one fixture involved in our local side. It's on Saturday, the 21st of July. It's Berry Broncos at home to Wigan St. Jude's A. That's in Division 2. Well, the North West Youth League, there was just one result at the weekend. A lot of postponements and no results. But the one result we do have was in the under-16s, Division 3. It was Rochdale 42, Salford City Roosters 26. The coming week fixtures for this weekend, there's a lot of cup finals being played this weekend. It starts Thursday night, the 19th of July, in the under-18s Lancashire Cup final. It's Blackbrook against Waterhead. That's at Clockface Miners. On Saturday, also at Clockface Miners, it's the under-16s Northwest Cup final between Latchford Giants and Oldham St. Anne's. On Sunday, the 22nd of July, at Clockface Miners, also in the under-18s Cup final, it is Rochdale against Saddleworth. In the under-16s on Sunday, Division 2, Waterhead play West Horton and Wigan St. Cuthbert's play Saddleworth. And in Division 3 of the under-16s on Sunday, Clockface are at home to Rochdale. Right, well, some amateur news for you now as well. The Northwest Lionhearts opened their tour of Italy yesterday with a fixture against a Sicilian select, that's hard to say. There's going to be a report for that out soon, so I'll try and find out how they've gone on. The Lionhearts, meanwhile, will take on Italy on Wednesday the 18th and Saturday the 21st of July. So as soon as I've got all the results from them, I will get them over to you. All the members of the party have paid their own fares to get to that, and the squad is as follows. Well, I'll just give out you the names of the two local lads. Harry Warburton of Folly Lane has gone on that, and Joshua Hill of the Manchester Rangers. So congratulations and good luck to those two local players. The management team... Is as follows, the tour manager is Stuart Pryor of Wigan St. Pat's. The head coach is Sean McHuff of Oral St. James. Assistant coach is John Wallet of Wigan St. Jude's. Team manager Perry Kenyon of Thato Heath Crusaders. The physio is Kieran Ainsworth of Wigan St. Jude's. Kit and logistics manager Martin Ellis of Shevington. And the social media man is Ryan Lewis of our very own Berry Broncos. So, and the masseur, mass sorry, is Courtney Horrocks of Oral St. James, and the referee is Tara Jones. So, good luck to all those guys going over there, and especially, like I said, the two local players. As soon as I get the results from that, I'll give them to you probably on next week's podcast. Finally, before I go this week, a special shout-out to Salford City Junior Roosters 
They're under 13 team. They played in a cup final at the weekend. I believe they went down 28-26, if uh, if I'm correct with that one. So very unlucky, but I believe they've been in two cup finals in two years, doing really well, making a lot of progress. Great to see a lot of good work gets done at Salford City Roosters and uh, best of luck to them for the rest of the season. That's it from me. I shall see you in France on Saturday for Salford's game against Catalan Dragons. Take care. See you soon. Four hours a day. Radio Contact. So that was the image report from Paul Whiteside. And next up on the Devil in Detail, we're going to talk about the Catalan Dragons game on Saturday. It's time for the Devil in the Detail. So, so for Red Devils, take on Catalan Dragons on Saturday, away from home in France, Paul. Massive game for Salford, best of Catalan playing well at the moment. Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, they're more or less in the, the top eight now, aren't they? And uh, when I was speaking to you, what a turnaround it's been for, for Catalan and Steve McNamara. You know, we came to Salford on, on Good Friday and we, we, I know Steve was getting a lot of... Uh, I think he gets a lot of fair, unfair treatment in the press anyway, Steve McNamara. I think he's a good, he's a good game. I'm pleased for him that he's turned it round at Catalan because he's a nice fella. And, um, you know, obviously I don't, I don't want him to do well on Saturday, I want us to win, but you look at the way it's gone now since May, when they beat us at the, the Magic Weekend, they're up in the seventh now in the Super League table, I think they can actually finish sixth if they, they're to win the last couple of games, they're in a semi-final of the Challenge Cup as well, they've got a chance of getting to Wembley, so what, what a season it could turn out to be for them, and, you know, it could really turn it round, so... So yeah, it's going to be really difficult for us to to go there. They're on a hot hot run of form, as we mentioned before. They've, they've well, since since May they've been uh, virtually unbeatable, haven't they? So uh, and and one player seems to have, to have done that. You know, Josh Drinkwater. I know there's been a lot in the press about how they've changed the, the culture there. Steve changed the culture and the training and uh, the whole ethos of the club, and it's it really is. It's showing now in, in the results that they're getting, so it's going to be a really difficult game for Salford, especially with the way we are at the moment, down on on numbers and, and you know, with the injury problems that we've gained in the last couple of weeks as well. So it's going to be a really tough game, and we have to show some character on on Saturday. Yeah, is there a lesson to be learned there, Joe? Obviously, Catalan Dragons were struggling early in the season, and you know the management of Catalan stood by uh, Magnamara, and, and he, he saw it through, and now he's 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 flying up the league and in for a Challenge Cup semi final. Yeah, it's really, it's been a been an amazing turnaround. I think I think I read somewhere if they, they still mathematically can finish in the top four if Warrington lose every game. So it, it's it's been an amazing turnaround, and like Paul said, it's been down to the the, the buy of Josh Drinkwater, and it's enabled Greg Bird to go back into loose forward and create that bit of extra attack where they were lacking, where they're just playing out and out prop forwards and. Don't get me wrong, it will be a tough game on on Saturday, but I think if we target, I think the plan has to be to kill, to kill Josh Shinkwater, kill his game, and then we'll have a bit of a, a go. And hopefully, I know I read today in the press that Nile Levels could potentially return, so that'll give us a bit more strike force at fullback and give Ed Chamberlain a go in the, in the centres and push Josh Jones back into the back row in his natural position. So it will be a tough game, but looking forward to it. Well, obviously, Paul, 
a lot of good players in that Catalan Dragons uh, team. Who stands out for you, apart from uh, Drinkwater? Tony Gigo. Tony Gigo is a good player. He's a maverick. He, he can change a game, uh, drop of an hat. Um, he's, he's one to watch out for. I thought in that, that Magic Weekend game, he, he really had a special game. His kicking game was excellent. He Pretty untouchable, really. He, he played really well. Drinkwater, as we mentioned there, they've got a, a good pack of forwards as well. You've got the likes of Remy Casti in there. They're always, they're always tough, aren't they? They always play it tough, Catalan. And uh, sometimes they play it a bit close to the bone, don't they? And people say they're physical. They do tend to give a lot of penalties away. But they play an old-fashioned game, don't they, really? And they've got some, some good strike players out wide. Got a lot of good French players as well, so uh, it's going to be it's going to be a tough a tough match, it's, especially in the heat in the, in in Perpignan. I'm looking at the weather forecast today; I think it's going to be like 29, 30 degrees. Mind you, we should be used to that because uh, yeah. we've had that weather over, haven't we? And I think we're becoming a bit acclimatised to it over here now. So, uh, so yeah, it's going to be a difficult game, Rob. But I think Tony Gigo is probably one of the guys that I'd uh, watch out for. Yeah, McAloran for me in the hooking role, always busy, Joe, and you know we need to keep an eye on him. Yeah, Mickey Mack is. A lot of people thought that he was going to Catalan to that last big money move, but it's, again, he's one of them players that has come in. He, he came in, I know he came in to start of the season, but they're playing off a defeated World Cup pack, and he's an excellent player. He's doing a lot of 80 minute spells for him, and he's, he's a game changer. He, he goes very hot and cold in games, he'll, he'll turn it on when he needs to, and he'll, he'll reserve his energy in other parts. and for me, I think he's similar to you. I think he's one of the players you have to look out for. But Greg Bird as well, they bring rough and tough to the middle and that's what we've not been really been doing the past couple of months. So for them, Mackie Mack and Greg Bird, for me, to ones to watch out for. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting game on Saturday. Uh, Joe, give us your score prediction for the game. Salford 24, Catalan 20. 24. 20 Salford Paul what about you that's a bit peculiar that because I've wrote on my League Express Catalan 20 Salford 24 so I'm going to change it now <laughs> and we can't both have the same can we great minds old Joe yeah, you know great <laughs> minds there and I'm going to go um, 28-22 to Salford I think that's the, the score we beat him um, in 2006, I think, the first game there, it was 28-20 or something. I'm sure it was 28-22. So, yeah, 28-22 I'll go for. One other player to, to watch out for, who I forgot to mention as well, David Mead. I know um, I enjoyed watching him in the World Cup and he seemed to take a bit of time to settle at Catalan, but I know he's playing really well at the moment as well. So, uh, there's another headache for Ian Watson, another, another good player to look out for. Yeah, they're full of danger, but I'm sure you know the boys are going to be well up for it and... Diffuse a danger and put a lot of danger on Catalan themselves, I think, hopefully. On Saturday, my prediction, I'm going to go. In the heat of Perpignan, I'm going to go Catalan. Catalan's bubble will burst on Saturday. It's going to be Catalan Dragons 10. Sulfur Devils 35. Drop goal by um, Rob Louis at the end to put the cherry on the cake. Yeah, Ed Chamberlain. To uh, to get an hat trick and uh, win yes, me the old uh, chicken. Paul, brave, very brave, <laughs> very brave. Yeah, we, 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 yeah, I got a funny feeling we're going to win that one. So that was in this week's podcast, boys. You're looking forward to your trips to France, Joe. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I didn't go last year. I focused on my education last year, so. 
had a, I had a year of retirement. I'm looking forward to getting back into Lorette de Mar and looking around Perpignan on the Saturday. Yeah, Paul, you're going to be planes, trains and automobiles all the way to uh, to Perpignan on your back Saturday? Yeah, yeah, I'm driving down to Stansted on Friday. I'm off work Friday, so I'm going to drive down there at my leisure, take my time. I'm going to park up there. I've got an old cheap hotel Friday night down there. And I've got the, my planes at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning from uh, Stansted to Barcelona. I've got to jump off that, get on a train to some station in Barcelona, another train to Perpignan, watch the match. And I've got about an hour and a half then to get back to the train station to get my plane to come back to uh, Helen's friends getting married in Birmingham on Sunday so I've got to be in, then drive to Birmingham from Stansted so it's going to be a long uh, day and a half so I, I'll be glad of a, of a couple of pints on uh, on Sunday at this wedding so uh, it's going to be exciting anyway Yeah, it's a big big event Catalan Dragons, Joe away you know, loads of reds going over it's going to be a, a carnival atmosphere hopefully Yeah, I know um, I was speaking today I think we've got five coaches going from Red de Mar. 55 seaters, so that's an it's an outstanding effort. I know we're one of the teams that do take a lot to Catalan away. We we take more to the south of France than we do to Wakefield, so it's a bit of a bit of a strange one. So it's a good occasion. It's a good weekend. A lot of fans get together. We have a chat. We have good fun, and I can't give it more praise than anything. I think any, everyone should try it and. Hopefully, we get to lose away. We're able to do it again in September. Is there a, is there a theme this year? This year, Joe. I remember Hawaiian Shirt Day was one when I went. Yeah, I think it's Saturday with the dog and partridge. I think it's Hawaiian shirt, Hawaiian skirts, anything Hawaiian, put it on. Yeah, me loads of red soul decked in the Hawaiian gear and uh, hopefully celebrating a soul for a devil's win. So hopefully big thanks. For, we can wish. Yeah, big thanks for coming on the show this week, Joe. Another great show. Yeah, another great show. Thanks for having us, guys. And hope you all have a good weekend. Yeah, and good luck getting to uh, to Perpignan, Paul. I will wish you all the best. Yeah, thanks very much. Yeah, and you have a good birthday, Joe, as well. I know it's your birthday, isn't it, this, this weekend? So I hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, let's just hope we all, we all get there. And I'm just hoping I get there on time and I don't miss any planes. I've never been out of the country on my own before. I've never been on a plane on my own before. So <laughs> uh, uh, my missus has uh, done up my itinerary for me and she's put it, she said to me tonight, she's put all the pieces of paper in order. All my tickets and e-tickets and all that. You know what I'm like, e-tickets. E and So I don't know what I'm doing. So uh, I'm just going to put it all in a bag and then uh, make sure my passport's in and everything. If I'm, if I'm in doubt, I'll just ask someone. I'm sure I'll be all right. I'm sure I'll get there. Yeah, have you ever <laughs> seen Home Alone 2, Paul? Where you end up where he ends up in New York? Could be a bit like that. Huh? I know, that, that, that's, that's <laughs> my only fear, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I'll be all right. No, sure I'm sure I'll be okay. Will. Yeah, it's going to be great. Obviously, loads of Reds going down, hopefully. Good luck and safe travels for all the Reds going down to Perpignan this weekend. And hopefully, we'll be celebrating a South Red Devils win. So, big thanks to this week's Devil in the Detail podcast. I've been Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook, Devil in the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter, at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes and Radio Contact. So, thanks for listening and we'll see you next week.
four hours a day. Radio Contact.